Can the church say praise the Lord? It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Good to have all in the house from our guests to our home folk. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight on this Wednesday night midweek Bible study. If there's ever a time to think about really the seriousness of the coming of the Lord, it is the day in which we live. We understand that uh, there's a lot of things that's taken place that are uh, related to prophecy uh, in the Bible and begins to let us know we better look up because our redemption is drawing nigh. And it says, in your patience, this is uh, in Luke 21, verse 19, in your patience possess ye your souls, and when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 1 it says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall... Uh, uh, the, day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night for when they shall say peace and safety then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape but ye brethren are not in darkness that ye should or this day should overtake you as a thief ye are all the children of light and the children of the day we are not of the night nor of darkness therefore let us not sleep everybody say don't fall asleep don't fall asleep, don't fall asleep. let us not sleep because uh, others are doing that others are falling asleep but let us watch and be sober I wanted to read that before we go into our announcements because the war in Israel is something that is going to be a conflict that is not just going to be between them and Hamas or them and Gaza. It's already got Iran. It's already got northern uh, or southern Syria uh, involved. It's already got some others. And uh, they are kind of player, players behind the scenes. And uh, so if uh, you're really uh, wanting to make sure that you're Calling an election is sure. It's time to get serious with the Lord. Amen. Let's give the Lord another mighty hand clap. I think tonight is the last night to contribute in the buckets. So uh, if you want to put those out, we'll do that uh, at offering time also. And uh, we want to remind everyone that coming up, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, we're going to be having our homecoming service Saturday and Sunday, October the 21st and 22nd. And that's going to be Brother George Scott is going to be with us. It's going to be a great time as we uh, fellowship once again and have another celebration in October of what the Lord has done. That'll be 7 o'clock on Saturday night, October the 21st. And then October the 22nd, It'll be at 11 a.m. with a dinner following the service. So keep that in mind. Then our trunk or treat is going to be Tuesday, October the 31st, 6 to 8 p.m. 
Our Harvest Time Crusade is coming up Friday, November the 17th, 7 p.m. Brother Buddy Puckett is going to be with us. Saturday, November the 18th, 7 p.m., Brother James Chester is going to be with us. And Sunday, November the 19th at 11 a.m., we're going to have Brother Michael Maupin. So we're looking forward to a great Harvest Time Crusade. And then our Christmas program is coming up. That'll be Sunday, December the 10th at 6 p.m. And our New Year's Eve celebration, which rounds out the year, that'll be the last day in December, December the 31st. We will begin at 9 p.m. and we will go past midnight. So keep that in mind. And uh, we, will, uh, we will celebrate what the Lord has done this past year. And we'll also celebrate we're entering into a new year. Amen. So uh, let's give the Lord another mighty hand clap. And at this time, I'm going to ask Brother DeBarge. Would you come, Brother DeBarge? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Lord want to be the reason someone's clapping when I'm coming to the pulpit. I want the Lord to, to be the one to receive the honor. Amen. He is the reason we're here tonight, uh, the reason we've come, and the reason we've made it. He is the reason. Uh, tonight, quickly, I want to move into the word of the Lord. I think it is the very best thing to do, starting out a service with the word. Starting out a service with the word. Tonight, we're going to find ourselves in Psalms 113. Starting at verse 1, and it says, Praise ye the Lord, praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Church, we need to realize that we are servants unto the Lord. Yeah. It says, Praise the name of the Lord. It does not just say, Praise uh, the one that you think is the higher power. It says, Praise and recognize the name of the Lord. Yeah. I'm blessed to know tonight that the name of the Lord is Jesus Christ. Jumping down to verse 3, it says, From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's Amen. name is to be praised. Amen. Can we do that yes. right now? Go, yes. Going before his presence, and let's worship him. Let's pray right now. The Lord begins to move in this place so mightily, God, that someone's life is impacted. Someone's life has changed. God, begin to inhabit the praise of your people. Begin to, revival is now. Revival is here. We receive it. We accept it, God. We accept the challenge you set before us. We thank you and we praise your holy name. God bless you. You may be seated. I was telling my wife on the way over here that I did not feel released to stop talking about praise. While I have the opportunity to stand behind the sacred desk, I have not felt released to step away from acknowledging that praise needs to be brought forth. <laughs> because praise, as I stated on Sunday, is the instrument as to which things begin to happen. It's the vehicle for the Lord's spirit to begin to move. For we know that the Lord inhabits the praise of his people. We are afraid as human beings that our praise, the little bit that we have to give, is not enough. Let me tell somebody that is worried today, the Lord wants the little bit that you have. The Lord appreciates the little bit that you have because if you're willing to give all of that little bit, he can use it. He appreciates it and he inhabits it. I, I believe, in fact, I know it is not by accident that anyone is here tonight. It is simply by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has a desire.
desire that his house would be filled. I never want you to look around at where you're sitting and think that the person sitting next to you is better. I want you to know that we are all here by the grace of God. We are all here simply because Jesus loves us, and that's something to praise about. Whenever the sun comes up and you take another breath, you should step out of your bed and say, thank you, Jesus, for another day. And whenever the sun goes down, you should say, thank you, Jesus, for completing another day. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. And if I'm going to praise him yesterday, I'm going to praise him today. And you best believe I'm going to praise him tomorrow. Why? Because he is worthy. My circumstance doesn't dictate his value. My circumstance doesn't dictate the size of my praise. And it does not dictate the size of my God. So tonight if the praise team has come, they come early to make sure that they are in the right mind and in the right heart to begin to lead us into an atmosphere of praise and of worship. Do not sit idle. Do not sit down, but stand up and begin to praise the Lord. Lift up a joyful noise. Come on, let's lift up a, a joyful noise before the Lord. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own, when brokenness and pain is all I know, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance.
several requests that we want to make mention of and of course if you're getting our list you see that we have over 31 people on our list that need prayer and I'm going to read about the last 10 of those 
That's members Scotty Belcher, Amber Lambert, Dora Allen, Sharon and Marvin Dunn, Paula Rowe, Sid Lester's family, Reggie Joe Dotson, Sister Pam Bartley, Charles Wolford, and Nicole Smith. If you have a prayer request you'd like to make known just by the raising of your hand, the Lord sees that. He knows what that represents. Let's raise the other hand and let's talk to the Lord. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you for this opportunity. You've been so good to us, Lord. You're our healer, our help. You are the lifter up of our head. You are the encourager of our soul. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one that is on our prayer list. I pray that you would touch Sister Pam, Lord, and just take away the pain and all that she's going through with the recovery process that, Lord, you would get to glory. I, pray, I praise you, Lord, because you have done great things in her life already. Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one on our prayer list, each and every one in the sanctuary, each and every one one that raised their hand. Lord, we come to you because we know that you are the only one that can help us in our hour of need. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray that you will put a hedge of protection around the IDF forces. I pray, Lord, that you would just begin to show your power with your people Israel. And Lord, I pray that you would help all of the Americans and the other hostages to get to come home safe and sound. And Lord, we're going to give you the praise in the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen, amen.
to come and take up the, the offering and also while we're taking up the offering if you want to contribute in the uh, buckets that are there in front of you uh, you can do so at this time also those are this is the last night uh, to contribute in that and then it's next Sunday uh, that somebody 
uh, is going to get a pie in the face. So uh, that's going to be worth seeing Jimmy Dove. I mean, it's going to be worth seeing somebody get the pie in their face. So uh, we're going to contribute in that also. So uh, we'll try to find out exactly how, what the amounts are at the end of service so we'll know everything is, is ready to go for next Sunday. So with that said, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord to bless the offering tonight. Lord, we come before your presence and we know, Lord, that you have given us in your word the opportunity and the instruction to give in offerings and tithes and, and free will offerings. I pray, Lord, that you would help us as we give tonight, that you will take what we give and it will be multiplied and used not only for missions and local assembly, but it will also be used in helping our youth to go to camps and other things. Lord, I pray that you would bless each and every one as they give tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. When I look around and see the good things he does for me, I know.
the Lord. Before everybody scatters and the youth go to the youth department, Brother Jim, introduce your friend that you brought here tonight. Adam Lane. Good to have Adam Lane. Let's make him feel welcome. Amen. Thank you for being with us tonight. Hope you can come back and be with us and uh, find a home right here at Cornerstone Apostolic Church. Uh, looking for the Lord to continue to do some great things. Revivals all around us. Baptized uh, Sister Clevenger, baptized her Sunday. And then, uh, amen, that's awesome. She's uh, she, she just uh, excited every day now. And the smile just keeps getting bigger. And uh, we uh, baptized three uh, the Wednesday before that, uh, two Wednesdays before that. The Lord is moving. Amen. Amen. And revival is here. And uh, I believe that uh, the Lord wants us to keep a revival mind because it's very important that we understand how to maintain revival. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight in our lesson. And uh, so we're going to dismiss our youth department and all the leaders that have to go and be with the young people uh, to the uh, youth department. You may be dismissed at this time. And while they are leaving the sanctuary, if we could bring up on the board, and I did put in our, uh, in our schedule up there all of the scriptures, so you should be able to find them and follow along with us pretty easy. And so if you would bring up Luke chapter 11... And we're going to begin reading in verse number 5. Luke chapter 11 and verse number 5. And so glad that Sister Pam came through her surgery well. Uh, no cancer. Amen. No cancer. That's always a plus. Doctor very optimistic that everything uh, is going to come back. The numbness will go away and everything will come back just like it should. And uh, so uh, we're just glad to hear the good news with her. And if you, if you happen to see, Brother Keith may have to step out early because he's got to get back uh, to be with Sister Pam. And uh, so she might need something, not feel like, uh, you know, able to get up. You know how it is when you have surgery. I mean, I don't even have to have surgery and I'm that way. Just uh, I'll lay in bed and I say, oh, I'm dying. Somebody's got to give me something, you know, a drink of water. Water. I want water. Uh, Luke chapter 11, verse number 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. How many of those people don't want to be troubled today? You say, invite people to come to church. Bring people to church. Don't trouble me with that. Don't trouble me with that. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I think uh, there's some interesting things here. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, Yet because of his importunity, which means his consistency, 
He is doing it over and over and over. It's like somebody calling you on the telephone and you don't want to answer. And they keep calling back and they keep calling back and they keep calling back. And sooner or later, you're going to have to answer the phone. Why? Because of their importunity. That's what importunity is. He will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given unto you or given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And if the son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone or If he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent or a snake? Ain't nobody going to say, give me some of that bass, Brother Jimmy, and you hand him a copperhead through the door. Ain't nobody wants that. Or if he shall ask an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask. All we got to do is ask for the Holy Ghost. You, you don't have to beg. You don't have to plead. You don't have to roll in the floor. You don't have to jump pews. All you got to do is ask. Ask. A lot of people don't believe that, but we're going to talk about the shameless audacity. In other words, we're not going to give up. We're not going to come to church and just be settled for one or two getting baptized, one or two giving their life to the Lord. We're going to keep on doing what we have to, even if it inconveniences us, because this is what this story is all about, is just being inconvenienced. I've already went to bed. I already got the lights turned off. I already got the covers pulled up. Me and my children are in bed, and we just ain't got time to fool with you. Well, we're going to learn that if we're going to have revival, we're going to have to be inconvenienced. In, look at somebody and say, you've got to be inconvenienced. Look at somebody and say, comfort days are over. Comfort days are over because the Lord's coming back. He's coming back soon with the war in Israel and the war going on and all that they're talking about, being surrounded. I believe that we need to understand that the Lord is knocking on the door. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready when Jesus comes. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us, Lord, to be gathered here together in your precious name. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us as we have gathered here today. Allowed us to read and allowed us to grab on to. And we're going to leave this place with more knowledge than we came. Lord, I pray that you would move in a mighty way in the lives of each and every one. That we might receive your word, understand your word. And even if it's inconveniencing us, uh, that we will do what we got to do to minister to others. For it's all in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord one more mighty hand clap and somebody give a mighty shout come on somebody give a mighty shout and you may be seated sometimes we just got to understand how to give a mighty shout into the Lord because there's things in our life that we understand if it wasn't for the Lord tell me 
where would I be? If it wasn't for the Lord, where would any of us be? We look around and we say, well, I don't know. I would have had this going on. I would have done this. If it wasn't for the Lord, I don't believe none of us would be here tonight. If it wasn't for the Lord, I don't believe you would have just showed up because you wanted to. I believe that because of the presence of the Lord, we are walking out of our former into our present, and we're saying, I'm looking for my future. Somebody give another praise unto our God. One of the things that we need to understand about revival is that uh, revival comes through prayer. It comes through dedication. It comes through submission, us submitting ourselves to the Lord. Now, there's something interesting as we read these verses that I want us to go back to in just a moment. But Jesus exhorts us to be consistent and to keep knocking. Just because we don't get something this service, we don't quit knocking. Just because somebody don't repent this service, we don't quit inviting. Just because somebody doesn't get baptized in this service doesn't mean we drain the baptistry and just say, well, nobody wants to be baptized anymore. We understand that sometimes it takes a little inconvenience for us to really have revival. Because if we're not careful, we will become, uh, become complacent to where we're satisfied where we are. Well, I got saved in 81. I'm satisfied. No, I got to still be hungry to see souls saved. Well, we started the church in 97, and uh, we've seen people get baptized since then. That's, we had a good run. No, we keep a running. We keep on running. We're not giving up yet. It's not about doing a little for a while. It's about doing a lot all the while. Look at somebody and say, we got to endure to the end. We got to keep going. We got to keep pressing forward. We got to keep reaching and preaching and teaching. We got to tell people about Jesus. We can tell them about all the things of the world all day long. We can talk about Israel and Gaza. We can talk about the weather. We can talk about all the sports teams and all the other things. But I'm here to tell you, until you tell somebody about Jesus, they ain't never going to be revival in the house of God like God wants wants it to be. It's inconveniencing sometimes. It's inconvenience uh, that sometimes moves us to meet the need. Because you see, sometimes it's not until we get in a place that we really start thinking, oh, I need to do something. When somebody else is suffering, it's easy when Brother Larry's in need for me to go to sleep at night. Right? We all just say, well, there's needs in the house of God, but I'm going to go home and go to bed. There may be somebody that don't have a bed. There may be somebody that don't have a house. We, we need to understand that, that while we are laying in our comfort, someone else may have a need. And sometimes we're the only one that can supply those needs. You say, well, Jesus said he'll supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. But you know who he uses? You and you and you and you and you and you and me. 
putting everybody on the platform. He uses people to do his work. It would be so simple to sit back after we get saved and say, well, if Jesus brings them to church, then they'll get saved. And unfortunately, some people, that's all they believe. They believe that if, if the people's going to get saved, the Lord's going to bring them to church, lay it up on their heart to be in the house of God, and all of that. And we don't have to do nothing. We just kind of sit back and watch them go to the altar, and we don't even come pray with people anymore. We just kind of sit back and watch them pray and say, well, somebody will pray with them, or they'll pray through. And then when they get baptized, used to people would get excited. I went and watched my stepbrother get baptized this past Sunday, and i tell you what, it was joy unspeakable and full of glory to see him go down in the wonderful name of Jesus. So we have to understand that sometimes it's a little inconvenient when we try to supply the needs of others. It will cost you something. And I believe that Jesus exhorts us to be able to move out of our comfort zone and be able to help others find Him. After all, we're not introducing people to Cornerstone. We're not introducing people to ministers we're not introducing people to singers. We're introducing people to Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Hebrews 4 and 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may what obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of, and look at that last word, need. Everybody say need. 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 How many's ever went to buy something you said, I need that? When it was really you wanted that. I go by all the time and I look at something computer-wise or electronic-wise or something I want to eat and I say, I need that. And my wife swift, swiftly comes up and says, no, you don't need that. You want that. And I said, okay, I want that. <laughs> You see, sometimes our needs and our wants are blurred because we're, we're in a world that always is wanting. We're living in a world that's always wanting more. We want more uh, of everything. We want more, uh, you know, uh, house space. We want more cars. We want more electronics. We want more stuff. But the Lord is not looking at us to want more of stuff. He's looking at us that are blessed with stuff to help those that are in need. That's the way it works. So we find grace to help in time of, and everybody say again, need. Need. Not wants, but need. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, is another version so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, in the above text, our Lord gives similar instructions. We find in Luke chapter 11 and verse number 8, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend. Now, uh, you know, you can kind of break that up and say, well, he won't get up and give him because he is his friend. Well, because he is his friend is not the reason that he's still laying in bed. It's just mentioning that just because somebody's your friend doesn't mean necessarily you're going to help them. 
And it might just mean to the church that we have brothers and sisters in the church that have needs and we just won't rise up and help them. So if we begin to look at this and really want to have revival, we're going to have to start supplying needs in the house. All right? All right? I tell you, there's needs in this house. There's needs of healing. Somebody ought to bind together and say, Jesus, I agree together. Any two agree on any one thing, it shall be done. There are healings that need to take place. There's deliverance that needs to take place. There's things that need to happen in this house. And we need to be uh, in such a, a frame of mind that we're not going to just lay in a pew or sit in a pew and wait for something to happen. We're going to go forth and rise up. Oh, we're going to rise up, and we're going to start supplying what the need is. So uh, the Lord began to just let them know that it's not because he is his friend. He won't get out of bed because he's his friend. He won't get up because he knows him. He won't get up because he's a relative. He won't get up because he's a church member. You know, uh, I always say that caller ID is the worst thing we ever own. Because you see somebody calling you and say, I ain't answering that. I ain't got time for that. Nobody got time for that. When we did have caller ID, hello. And then we start rolling our eyes. I know none of us do that. This, is, this must be a church across the mountain. We find that if we're not careful... We will be like this person who was laying in bed, making an excuse. Now, I've never understood this scripture, but of course, I'm not Jewish. And I, I don't have a Jewish background. But he said that he is in bed, and his children's in bed with him. Now, they must just have one bed. That's my conclusion. They must just have one bed. Or, like some parents, they let their kids sleep with them until they're 35. And then they wonder why they still want to hang out with them. But, you know, there, there's something here that, that begins to speak to us because it says, not because he is his friend will he get up, but because of his importunity. His aggravation. That's what importunity is. I'm going to keep aggravating you till you get up. I'm going to keep knocking till you answer. You know what that's saying? Not just this illustration. This is how we are to be toward the Lord. I'm not going to quit asking. It's me again, Lord. I got a prayer that needs an answer. You see, we got to keep knocking. Lord, it's me again. I, I got this happen. I, Lord, I need you to come through. I need you to supply this. I need you to help me with this. Lord, it's me again. You know, we used to sing a song about uh, it's, it's not the deacon, not the preacher, not the singer, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Sometimes we need to realize that we may be the one in bed not wanting to rise up and help somebody, but there may be a time the reversal happens 
and we're the one knocking on the door and our friend doesn't want to get up and help us. Oh, this is good teaching right here. Because we find that it was at midnight. Midnight is always uh, a, a reference, a type, if you will, in a shadow of, the, of a dark time. Of a time when, when you need help. Uh, midnight, darkness. Uh, you know, midnight. If you've ever been out at midnight and, and you, you get outside and the clouds are over and the, and the moon can't shine through, uh, then you see darkness everywhere. Before there was ever street lights, uh, there was darkness everywhere. I can go to Tennessee, uh, where, I, where me and my wife have a little cabin, and uh, at, when it gets dark, I am not talking about being, uh, you know, seeing street lights. When it's dark, right here, you can't see nothing in front of you. You look, I got a porch light. I got the porch light on, and I can't see but about 10 feet out from the cabin. It goes into oblivion of darkness. Midnight is a time of darkness. It is a time of need. And he says, I need not one loaf, not two loaves, but I need three loaves of bread. Now, how would you feel if somebody come up and says, well, you know what, I don't want one carton of pop. I don't even want two cartons of pop. I want three cartons of pop. They got it on sale up there for four for $13. <laughs> I, just, I just want to, to have three of this. Or maybe, maybe somebody might say, well, you know what? I saw you buy them steaks the other day, and I don't want one or two. I want three. That's what this guy's asking for. He's asking for three loaves of bread. And he's asking for three loaves of bread because he wants to help those that have come to visit him. Now, I think it's interesting, and the Bible doesn't say, but I wonder if this guy had been in bed. And he got up. You see, a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. I don't have nothing to give him. So would you give me three loaves? He's hungry. <laughs> he must have a big appetite. Three loaves. I need three loaves. And he said, no, me and my family's in bed. My children are in bed with me. And I cannot rise and give thee. But he keeps on asking. He keeps on knocking. Hey, you all in there. I know you're in there. You just talk to me. I need three loaves. What if somebody came tonight with a need and they needed a, a move of God in their life? Maybe they were stale and broken and maybe they were without uh, joy and without praise and they came to the house of God and they start knocking on our door and they say, Church, oh, church, please rise up. Please get up. I need something. I've got a need in my life. What would we do? Would we want to sing another song? Or would we want to say, well, it's 9 o'clock, we got to go home. 
Would we want to pray another prayer? Would we want to uh, have another altar call? Or would we be willing to just say, well, you know, maybe next, uh, maybe when Sunday comes, we can supply the needs. We need to understand the knocks are being sounded. People have needs. Friends have needs. You've got friends right now that have needs. And and you need to knock and say, Church, I want you to rise up. And I want you to help me with my friend. I want you to help me win the lost. I want you to help me have revival. I want you to help me have something happen at midnight. I know we're living in a world that nobody wants to be bothered anymore. We're living in a, in a too comfortable world. You know, we was talking, me and Brother Keith, as we was waiting on Sister Pam to come out of surgery, and we was just talking about the old days. I remember many times the, the old sisters would talk about walking to church, not riding in a nice vehicle, walking. And it wasn't just down the road. They walked across mountains and down into valleys, and they crossed over into other places, and they would start early because they wanted to be there when church time started. We can't even drive and get to church on time. They walked and got to church on time, right? They did. They walked and got to church on time. And the, I heard these old saints, and Brother Keith was, was telling me about some of the older saints that was telling him the same thing, that they would walk to church. It didn't matter if it was raining. It didn't matter if it was snowing. It didn't matter if it was a warm night, a cool night, or just a night that was kind of, you know, pleasant. They came to church. You want to know why people had revival with 12, 15, 20 people coming to the altar? They didn't have to be patty caked with Jesus, pat on the back. Oh, please keep coming. Oh, please keep praying. Oh, please. Oh, they didn't have to be begged. They came to church because they wanted a move of God. They had needs in their life. They had needs. Maybe they had a drunk as a husband and they wanted him saved. Maybe they had some child that was unruly and they wanted him saved or maybe somebody was in the military and they said, protect my boy. But they walked to church. When they got to church, they had church. Me and Brother Keith were just talking. I wonder today if we all walk from where we live. We all walk from where we live. When we got to church, would we even feel like praising the Lord? Would we even attempt? If the preacher said, let's all stand. Well, praise God, I've walked 12 miles to get here, Pastor. And you want me to stand? <laughs> well, glory be to God. I crossed over that mountain in the dark. I tripped and fell. Look at my knees. I skinned them all to pieces. But I'm here. And you want me to come up front looking like this? Yeah. We got to learn to get out of our comfort zone. We got to learn to get out of our comfort zone. 
We've got to learn that if we're going to have revival, and revival is going to be true revival, not some, not some uh, you know, sign revival. Sign revival is when you hang a sign and tell people, come on, we're having revival. You know, we had a, a five-week revival, and you know what? We had people get baptized. We had some get the Holy Ghost. We had some go to the altar. And guess what? There are none here. Why, why is it? Well, pastor, if you just had a better program. Pastor, if you had just had something, you know, these other churches, they got the, uh, why are we even here on Wednesday night when we could be down the road here? Oh, I'm preaching now. You know, I'd like to say, I'm so thankful for the community center. And we're buying, Brother Petey, it's supposed to come in either tomorrow or Friday or both. The, the mister and things to, to help them out. And, uh, and, and help them out. But you know what? We're not going to call church off. We need revival. We need revival. I'm not... I'm not in any way putting what is happening down because, I, again, I'm so thankful. We got Monday, we got Tuesday, we got Thursday, we got Friday, we got Saturday. And it's all available because somebody loved this community. So I am in no way, by any means, don't nobody leave here and say, well, Brother Richard's preaching against it. No. We want to go. We want our youth to go. I want to go. It's a nice place. But every time I drive by on a Wednesday night, something hits me right here. Because I'm thinking, church ain't going on somewhere. But church needs to go on everywhere. If we're going to have revival, it's going to take getting out of our comfort zone. It's going to take us stepping out rather than just becoming like everybody else. I don't want a king like everybody else. Because you know what the Bible says? They said, I'll tell you what the king will do. The king's going to take your sons and he's going to take your daughters. And your daughters are going to be in the kitchen. That's right. They didn't care about no fluff stuff, you know. Oh, you can't say that. You, a male chauvinist would say. No. He said, we're going to put them in the kitchen baking. And we're going to take your sons and we're going to make them work for us. Now, you want the king like everybody else? Go ahead. But you're going to lose your children. Now, I'd like to just say... I, with this shameless audacity <laughs> that we have got to understand if we want revival, we can't do it like everybody else does it. We're going to have to say, I want revival that works. I don't want to go through some program. If there was a 12-step program to have revival, I would implemented it 26 years ago. But there's no 12-step program. You've got to have a repentance. You've got to bring forth fruit meat for repentance. You've got to come to an altar. You've got to be sincere. You've got to want to make it all the way. 
all the way. So we find something interesting here. That if we're going to have true revival, we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone. The, the effectiveness of prayer is so important. Because the Lord said that because he's his friend, he won't get up. But if he keeps knocking, his importunity, his aggravation, his tenacity, I ain't giving up till I get it. Remember Jacob in the Bible? Anybody remember Jacob? Anybody remember Jacob in the WWF? <laughs> well, he had a wrestling match. I say all the time, Perry Mason, when we wrestle, he's in the, the, the WWCF, Worldwide Cat Federation. <laughs> I don't know. I ain't got no sense. But you know what? He had a wrestling match. And you know why he wrestled? He wasn't going to let go until he got his blessing. He had a need. And he said, I'll wrestle you. And I'll wrestle you all night long. If that's what it takes. I wonder how many of us is willing to pray all night long. Willing to read our Bible all night long. Willing to get on our knees all night long. Willing to say, Lord, whatever it takes, I'm not letting go until I receive my blessing. Wouldn't it be great if tonight we come and somebody's hungry enough to say, I'm not letting go until I receive my blessing. Jacob, why are you still wrestling? Why are you still going through the night? Why are you still in the wee hours of the morning? Ah, oh, you got to let me go, Jacob, because uh, the sun's getting ready to come up. I ain't letting you go uh, until I get my blessing. I believe you need to let me go. No, I'm not letting go. Some of us need to hold on to the Lord because that's where revival's going to come is when you say, I'm not going to let go. I'm going to keep on serving Jesus. I'm going to keep on bringing my family. I'm going to keep on. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Woo. I'm not going to let go. Why revival is that close? I'd like to just help us for a moment. We can be satisfied that three got baptized a couple Wednesdays ago. Three Wednesdays ago. We can be satisfied that one got baptized Sunday. But what about hanging on to revival and say, wait a minute, there's more that needs the Holy Ghost. There's more that needs to be saved. There's more lost all around me. Even when my friends are waking me up and inconveniencing me, maybe if I could just take them to Jesus. Just take them to Jesus. I thought about this over and over again, how that Jacob wrestled all night long and then when it came the break of the day the angel said you got to let me go and he said I ain't letting you go and he said yeah you, you got to let me go he touched the hollow of his thigh the Bible says he walked with a limp from that day forward because he wrestled some of us need a limp some of us need to get a limp what are you saying preacher I already got one. I've got two knee surgeries and a back surgery. I already got a limp. But I need another limp. A limp where I've been wrestling with the Lord. 
to get what I want. I want the world to know that I'm not one of these fluff preachers that just say show up and we don't care how you are, what you are, and just come and get a number on the board and we'll be satisfied. Help us bigger, uh, build a bigger sanctuary. We'll be satisfied. No, I want somebody to say that somebody's hungry for a revival, hungry for a move of God. There's people that need to be saved. So I'm not going to let go. I'm going to walk different. Uh, I can't run like the world runs. You know, Mephibosheth couldn't do it either. Mephibosheth was dropped and and, uh, they was running from the battle and he was dropped and he became lame in his feet. And we find that from that, Mephibosheth was, was uh, you know, just lame for the rest of his life. But there was a time when Mephibosheth got to sit at the table of the king because he couldn't walk. <laughs> Jacob had a name change because he had a limp. Oh, I wish I could drive this home to us because if we're going to have revival like we're hungry for and like I know every one of us want, then maybe we're going to have to wrestle until we get it. We're going to have to keep wrestling. It may cause us to have to walk different. I can't go to this event. I can't go to that event. I've got to have a prayer time with Jesus. I I can't go where everybody else goes because I've got to get closer to Jesus. I can't just live like I want to live. I got to get closer to Jesus. Some of you need a limp until you limp for the rest of your life. And you know what David said? David said, "I want to. This is one thing I've longed for. I'm not longing for riches. I'm not longing to still slay giants. I'm not longing for nothing. I long to dwell in the house of the Lord." Forever. You know how you have revival? Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Get a walk that's different than the world. Because the world is saying Jesus ain't coming. The world's still standing in and out of the water. It's still like it was when he created it. Nothing's changed. And the Bible says when you see all of that being said, you better start looking up. Because people's going to lose sight of the coming of the Lord. But the church cannot lose sight of the coming of the Lord. We've got to keep looking. We've got to keep reaching. We've got to keep trying to win people. Get somebody a Bible study. Teach them about the love of Jesus. How that Jesus can forgive them of their past. Turn their life around. Set them on a straight and narrow path. Show them how much Jesus loved them when he laid down his life and they nailed him to the cross and suspended him between heaven and earth and the blood began to drip down and the very life begin to leave. I want you to tell somebody about Jesus. Walk a little different instead of serving cupcakes and candy and having parties and programs. We ought to be walking a little bit different. What's the matter with you tonight, Pastor? I've been wrestling. I've been wrestling for revival. I've been wrestling for a move of God. Who? 
So Jacob left with a limp, but he also left with a name change. Because he was not going to give up until he got his blessing. Revival is only going to come to those that don't give up. Don't give up. Ask him for revival. Well, I don't see nothing happening. Well, you ain't been looking. Because it's happening. Well, keep asking for revival. Well, we're having revival. We got, we got souls coming to the altar. Souls getting baptized. But let's keep asking for revival. What are you saying, preacher? You're just repeating yourself. Yes, I am. Because if we want revival to be sustained and stay, then we're going to have to keep that knock going and that asking going and even when it's uh, something that we got to get up and go to somebody and say can you help me with this because that's exactly what this man did he said I got a friend that's got plenty of bread how many knows you got a friend that's got plenty of bread he's the bread of life oh hallelujah Somebody comes to you and they say, oh, I'm hungry or I have needs and I have this and I have that. You say, wait a minute, I, I got a friend. I know somebody. His name is Jesus. He supplies all of my needs. He'll supply all of your needs. So I began to look at this and I began to think how important it is that the entire teaching of this lesson is really about the effectiveness of your walk with God and your prayer life. If the only time you pray is here at church, you don't have a prayer life. If all you do is say, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You don't have a prayer life. you got a scared life. i got to talk to Jesus before I die. You know what? we got to have a prayer life. You know what a prayer life is? It's a life of prayer. Which means when I wake up in the morning, got to pray. Going through my day. How many times? I, I, I remember when I first started serving the Lord, I was hanging out with a, a preacher, and we was just walking around, and it just me and him. And he'd go, Jesus. And I'd, I'd jump. I'd look around, and I thought, he ain't here, but okay. We'd walk a little farther, and he'd go, Jesus. And, and, and I, I, like, every time he'd say, now, any of you that's ever worked in the coal mines, if you've ever shot coal, when you first get hired in, every time they let off that fire in a hole, fire in a hole, fire in a hole, you'd jump out of your skin. I, I was shooting coal, and I'd jump out of my skin, knowing it was coming. But after a while, you get used to it. Fire and hole, fire and hole, fire and hole. And nobody moves. Everybody just still eating their dinner. No beanie weenies on the floor. Everybody's used to it. By the time that I hung out with this preacher for several years, I got used to him saying, Jesus. Because he wanted to just call on the name of Jesus all day long. He wasn't about to give up. Sometimes we just need to call on Jesus. Amen. Did you know that contemporary men have prevailed in prayer and had revival? That not even, they're not even connected to Azusa Street. 
That's right. Men of our day who have affected their generations for the Lord have been men who consistently spent the pre-dawn and the early morning hours preparing for each day. 1,200 men met with Charles Spurgeon every Monday night for a prayer meeting. Is that correct? 1,200 men. Not women. Not children. Didn't have a program. What are we going to do? We're going to pray. Okay, 1,200 men shows up and they pray. What if we called a Monday night prayer meeting? Oh, some of y'all are getting scared now. Pastor's going to call Monday night prayer meeting. I can barely make it to Wednesday night and barely make it Sunday morning. And now he's going to call Monday night prayer meeting. Let's just really put a strain in our comfort zone. Friday night prayer meeting. <laughs> I can't be there, Pastor, because, you know, this is going on and I'm involved in this and that's going on. Well, you know, if you want revival, you're going to set aside the things that, that hinder you from getting revival. 1,200 men met with Charles Spurgeon every Monday night for a prayer meeting. John Wesley prayed no less than two hours daily, and he preached no less than four times a day. I preach sometimes three times on Sunday. And when I get home, I am killed. Killed to the hilt. And I can't wait to find the couch. John Wesley prayed no less than two hours daily, and he preached no less than four times a day until in his, get this, middle 80s. Why? These men may or may not know truth. I ain't judging them. I'm just saying this is history. History tells us a lot of things. People can be dedicated. Let me tell you something else about history. Read Genesis chapter 11. History. They's going to build a way to heaven. A tower to heaven. And the Lord said they're going to do it. <laughs> they didn't even have no oxygen mask, no shuttle. They didn't have no, how are they going to get to heaven? They're going to do it. You know why they're going to do it? Because they're unified. Because they have one mind. They come together. Nothing's going to be impossible. Why do you think the Lord looks at us, the church, and says, nothing is impossible to him that believeth? You know why he says that? If we'll come together in unity, we can have revival that we've read about, we've, we've sung about, and we look for. We can have moves of God on Wednesday night, not just on Sundays. We can have moves of God through the week. They might even be somebody say, I believe we ought to meet for a Monday night prayer meeting. They might be somebody say, oh, Wednesday night, I believe I'll show up about 30 minutes early just to talk to Jesus. You see, there's something about these men and these men wanted to have a move of God so they sacrificed for the move. There's another man carried a heavy burden for Native American people that he loved. And on one occasion while walking through the deep snow he fell on his face in the snow. 
and prayed. His garments were wet with sweat. The sweat turned to ice and his garments froze. He wrestled for the souls of the people he loved. John Knox said this, God give me Scotland or I die. You see, there's some people that have said, I will do whatever it takes to have revival. It may be you, the very one that can come before the presence of the Lord and begin to cry out and be so dedicated that the Lord says because of your dedication, because of your sacrifice, because of what you're doing, I'm going to let the whole church experience revival. I'm going to let the whole church experience a, a move of my presence. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, you know, one person over here started shouting and then all of a sudden it's like, it's like popcorn. After that, and started shouting this and started shouting. That and shouting this and shouting. Next thing you know, whole church was shouting. I heard them talk about an old church they was in. Kind of like over at Pikeville. Everybody was shouting, and the floor's going. <laughs> right? You see, sometimes we need to learn. We become comfortable in the house of God. Our shout's gone. Because we're not really excited about Jesus. You know what makes you shout? Of course, it's the Spirit of the Lord that you get so excited about. But I believe that we need a real move of God that moves us to the point that we want more of the heavenly, less of the earthly. Now, I'm not here to say that everybody that don't shout and carry on and all this, that... that you're backslid and going to hell, but I will tell you this, you're almost there. <laughs> because we got to get our shout back. We got to get the Holy Ghost. What happened with the Holy Ghost? They said, these people's drunk. Why? They was acting funny. They's probably up there, woo! They'd see somebody run by the wind and their arms are flailing. Woo! Speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. How bad you want it? How bad we want revival? How, how bad do we want it? How bad do we want a move of God on a Wednesday night? We, we worked hard and we're wore out and we, we've been through some stuff. But we come on Wednesday and we just want to feel better. And we want to be uplifted. And we want, to, we want to have joy. So when we go home, we feel refreshed. Anybody ever heard about catching your second wind? I'll tell you what. You can wool me to about 3 a.m. And when I get my second wind, I can go all the way through the next day. When you get that second wind, all sleep is gone. I remember going with young people and, and some of us counselors and, and chaperones would be staying up late and they'd keep talking and I was like begging them, please, please, I need sleep. And they, they keep talking, they keep talking. They'd talk and talk and wool me and wool me. And next thing you know, I got my second wind. All of a sudden, I'm perked up. And they're over there, okay, I'm going to go to bed. I said, oh, no, you ain't. 
That's the way we ought to be about revival. Somebody says, no, I prayed and nothing's happened, or I'm about ready to give up, or I'm about ready to lay down to sleep. No, no, you don't. No, you ain't. Because the church is going to make sure you don't go to sleep. The church is going to make sure that you don't backslide or you don't give up or you just walk away. The church is going to make sure that we're going to wrestle and we're going to get the loaves. We're going to get what we have need of. If you need something tonight, I believe that there's people here that will make sure they'll pray you through to get it. They will pray you through. They will get in the presence of the Lord. We can have a move of God right now that every one of us can leave here revived. Revived, midnight friend. All of us have those midnight friends. They only show up when they need something. <laughs> Everybody's got those midnight friends. When you see them coming, you know they ain't coming to, you know, I get phone calls from the organization. I know they ain't calling me just asking, how you doing, bro? <laughs> you said it. Hey, do bro? Ain't none of them calls me up and asks me how I'm doing. Ain't none of them calls me up and says, hey, just want to call you and encourage you. I'm going to call you and encourage you and give me a hundred bucks. Now, what are you saying? Is the organization bad? No. But I will tell you this. If all you're going to call me up is when you have a need, don't call. Call me up sometime. I might need you to bring me a loaf. That's what church is about. They might be times that you're down and out, and I'll just send you a loaf of what I've got. This is how I got through my valley. And then I might knock on your door and say, I need you to pray about something I'm going through. And you say, okay, here's a loaf. But you know what? All of these types and shadows, all of these things that just are representing tell us that it's more of a spiritual need. This was really not about bread at all. It was, it was a, a kind of a parable type thing uh, that was used with loaves and, and how that people are satisfied in their bed, they're sleepy, they're tired, they're, they don't want to be bothered. That's the world we're living in. People do not want to be bothered. Don't bother me with your problems. Don't bother me with your things that's going on in your life. You know why? Because we're too busy. Right? I got to do this tomorrow. You know? Well, praise God. Somebody died in the community. I just want to go out of town. You think I'm going out of town? I'm going to go try to be a blessing to a family. You see, I might need a bread, a loaf of bread. I might get in that place where I need a loaf of bread. Somebody come help me, comfort me, encourage me. There's going to be times, saints of God, we're all going to need encouraged, right? I hope we all have loaves of bread just laid up for that time. When our friend is going to come to us in need and say, I got just what you're asking for. Jesus is the bread of life. He will supply all of our needs. We just learn 
have to learn how to give Jesus to the world. Because a lot of times, we'll be like the disciples. Preachers ain't got a lot of money. He says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So it may not be about money, and it may not be about literal bread. It may be somebody needs healing spiritually, physically, mentally, doesn't matter. There's people that in this world that are going through this world that just need Jesus. And if we can give them Jesus, we will find that we can be like this Bible history and this historical views of these contemporary people and some even before, we couldn't even call them contemporary, but they was people that made a difference in their day. And it's all because they set their mind on Jesus. There's an old song from way back. It says, Woke up this morning with my mind Staying on Jesus I woke up this morning with my mind Staying on the Lord I woke up this morning with my mind Staying on Jesus See, I want to have my mind on Jesus Because that's how you have revival you don't, you, you, you'll never have revival by holding back. If you got a praise, give it. If you got a shout, shout it. If you want to move of the Holy Ghost in your life, let the Holy Ghost bless you real good. Because at midnight, the midnight friend is coming. It may be somebody that walks off the street and comes to a service and they are dry spiritually, they're dry mentally and emotionally and they're just burnt out from the world and they're looking for something to happen that comes from above. We need to be the church that says uh, if somebody shows up, uh, I'm going to offer something unto the Lord uh, because I got a friend in Jesus. Uh, I got a friend in Jesus and I'm going to ask Jesus to bless them. Midnight friend. Sleeping neighbor replied, go away and leave me alone. We're all in bed and I can't get up to answer the door. But the neighbor kept up his knocking and asking and finally got what he wanted. It certainly wasn't because of friendship. I'm going to tell you, I love friends. Bible says if a man's going to have friends, he has to show himself friendly. I love friends. I consider you my friends. And uh, I've got friends that are not here. i got friends that are in the world. i got friends everywhere. But you know what? People ain't going to do things because they're your friends anymore. Friendship goes just a certain way or a certain length. A certain height. If we're really going to have revival, it's not because we invite a bunch of friends. It's not because we're going to have a bigger youth group. And it's not because we're going to have a bigger Sunday school. It's going because we get connected to Jesus. That's how revival comes. I'm going to pray in the morning. 
I'm going through my day with his name on my lips. I'm going to lay down at night and I'm going to thank him for sustaining me through the day. And when you wake up in the morning, say, Lord, direct my path to somebody that needs you. And when the Lord directs your path to somebody that needs him, don't just walk by and say, well, you know, that's a nice meeting. you. Yeah, hello, how you doing? The Lord let your path cross for a reason. There's people that need Jesus. I want to be, I want to be one that says, if we're going to have revival, I'm going to have the tenacity to keep on getting it. I'm not going to give up. Somebody say, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to ask, I'm going to seek, I'm going to knock. I'm going to ask, I'm going to seek, I'm going to knock. I'm going to keep on, keeping on because of the importunity. Did you know that there was a persistent widow? So now here's what I think. Some of us can relate to the midnight friend. And we say, well, that's these young people. They just all out at midnight. But let me tell you about a widow. We're never too old to win people to Jesus. Don't ever think, well, I put my time in. No, you still got time. You still got time. Your time ain't up. I'll tell you when you get your time in. When you die. When they lay you out before this pulpit and I stand beside your casket and I say, boy, they sure was a good saint. Then I can look at the church and I can say, you know what? Now they're at rest. Don't have to worry. Their time is up. They got their time in. In fact, that's Bible because Paul said, that he was going to finish his course. He's going to run that race, but he's going to finish it. I want you to finish the course. You started running, keep on running. Finish the course. Won't it be a great day when we all gather together in heaven and the Lord says, well done. Come on in. The persistent widow. Jesus told a parable of a woman who refused to take no for an answer concerning the need for justice. The judge, wearied of her coming again and again and again, look at what it says in Luke chapter 18, verse 4 and 5. But finally the unjust judge said to himself, even though I don't fear God or regard man, yet, <laughs> go to verse 5, yet, because this widow troubleth me. Notice what the widow's doing to the judge. It's you again. How many times have you been in my courtroom? It's you again. You're troubling me. I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. There'll be a time you will finally answer the phone call. <laughs> you'll finally answer the door. And you'll finally answer your friend. Because you're going to get like this judge and say, if I don't do something, they're going to weary me. The widow needed to be avenged of her adversary. Her greatest hurdle was to get the judge's attention. So she kept petitioning in spite of of the apparent rebuffs. Now, 
Let me tell you one last thing in closing here tonight. There was another woman. She was hungry. And she wanted something from Jesus. And she kept uh, even uh, talking to Jesus and wanting something more, really. She needed more than the natural. And she kept talking to Jesus. And Jesus said, oh, no, you know, only the bread is for, you know, people of God basically is what he's saying I'm paraphrasing by the way and she said but even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table and you know what that got Jesus' attention because she wasn't giving up she said I'll eat the crumbs if I have to I'll sit under the table if I have to if I'm going to have revival I'll do whatever I got to do to have it if I have to come to Wednesday night and, and, and get involved in the service so deep that I just I don't even know when time ends and when the service ends, I'm going to get involved in the service. You know why? Because I believe that revival is here and revival can be sustained and we can have revival until the Lord comes back. So she said even, even the dogs, you know. He looked at her basically and said, you're a dog. You know, most people, if, if somebody called you a dog, you'd get mad, wouldn't you? If I looked at you and said, you're a dog, get out of here, you old dog. You'd say, well, praise God, Richard's lost his mind. I'm going, I ain't going back to that church. He called me, can you believe he called me a dog? First question, somebody asked, well, what kind of dog did he call you? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But you know what? He did. He referred to her as a dog. That's an insult. And she said, even the dogs, I may be a dog, but I'm going to eat from the crumbs that drop from the master's table. I'm going to still eat from the master's table even if it's in crumbs. I'm still going to eat even if I have to come on a Wednesday night and pray my way in by myself and get a move of God for myself. If I can just get the crumbs falling from the master's table, I'll eat it. I may be a dog. I'm, I may not be worthy. I may not understand everything, but if I can just get the crumbs from the master's table, I believe that in the conclusion of our study tonight, we are on the verge of a great revival. It's been prophesied that revival would break out, the largest would break out in East Kentucky. Well, we're about as far east as you can get. Without being in West, that's the way I describe it. When people say, where are you from? I say, we're as far east as you can get without being in West Virginia or Virginia. We can be in either place in about 10 minutes, 15. But you know what? We're that close because somebody's hungry. Somebody wants a move of God. Somebody thinks Wednesday night's important enough to come. 
Somebody says, I want to pray when they say pray. I, I want to sing. I may not know the words or the song, but I'm going to sing even if it's in the key of Z. I'm going, I'm going, to, I'm going to worship. I'm, I'm going to lift my hands. Even though I may not understand why I do it, I'm going to do it because I understand that if I will do whatever I got to do, eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table, then I can get revived and we can have revival. My family might come in. My family might, might be restored. They might be some of your family backsliders come back to Jesus. Uh, they might be a community that is out here lost and undone. Might find their way to Jesus. Uh, somebody help me just for a moment. Uh, if we can just eat from the master's table, the crumbs. I want revival. Not for bragging rights. Not to try to get people to say, oh, you're a revival preacher and you're a, your church is a revival church. Because a lot of people can put on a good show. But I want the real deal. I want what is real. I want to walk out of this place with the realness of God. That when I, when I go to bed at night, if something happened, I didn't wake up. I'd be ready to go. Hallelujah. I want the realness of God that even though the world is, is going down their broad way of all entertainment and things, I'm still walking different. I got a limp. I, I've been wrestling with the Lord. I, I've been wanting revival. And while other kids are playing, I, I got to stay in the house of God. And, and I heard somebody say about a, a, a preacher, a preacher that if I mentioned his name, we would all know him. And I will give you this hint. He He's from West Virginia, but said that when he woke up in the morning, all the other kids were out playing ball, riding bikes, hunting and fishing and going on. He said, I want to read my Bible. I want to see what the Word of God says. And right now, he is one of the most sought after men of God in Pentecost. You know why? He walks different. He studied when everybody else was playing. He come to church when everybody else was riding their motorcycles he was in the house of God when everybody else didn't care about the house of God that's what revival consists of that's what we need in this day hallelujah we're going to ask the singers and musicians to come Oh, I'm hungry 